0: Good evening, everybody, and welcome to another very special Lenten episode of Ignite Radio Live
1: over the five mighty stations of Annunciation Radio.
2: And the doctors say I'm just an option, a mistake you can make disappear. I may not have a voice, but I'm more
1: than a choice. I'm as real as the heartbeat you hear. You are with Greg and Stephanie Schleter, and we are blessed to be with you tonight.
0: Right now, we're going to air a short, little trailer clip from a movie that was just released called Unplanned, the true, powerful story of Abby Johnson, a former employee of a Planned Parenthood clinic who had two abortions herself. And in this powerful movie, she tells her story.
3: Abby Johnson is in the other
1: room. Here, Our first order of business is to present Planned Parenthood's Employee of the Year Award, Abby Johnson. A
4: fire inside, you can feel this it is Abby, way. she's our newest volunteer escort. Abby, this is Cheryl Alessandro.
2: Like
4: I'd be the youngest director in Planned Parenthood history. You'll actually be in charge of the abortions at your clinic? I have a chance to make a real difference. No matter what you do for the rest of your life, you're still going to be a baby killer.
2: The only thing that's changed is you, Abby. Can you even hear yourself talk right now about these procedures? These are little babies.
4: I'm not going to apologize for doing a job that helps women in crisis. There's still a part of me that isn't sure. I know. But the one thing that all experts agree on is that at this stage, the fetus can't feel anything. Sorry to bother you, but they need an extra person in the back room. Are you free? fighting for his life.
2: We commend the souls of these hundreds of children.
5: And Lord, we pray to end abortion.
2: I really appreciate what you've done for us. I'll not forget it.
4: 22,000 abortions. How do I even comprehend
0: that? Rough day at the office. You can say that. You're
6: making a man <laughs>
3: what
6: are you doing? It's your dad and me, you are our baby from the moment of
1: conception. We are paying you to be a perfect instrument of corporate
4: policy. We are an abortion provider. I can't be a part of this anymore. Everything that they told us is a lie.
0: Don't underestimate the repercussions of this. You gotta be careful.
4: tell you what's gonna happen if you walk through that door.
1: Congratulations. You've made an enemy of one of the most powerful organizations on the planet.
0: You're back with us, Greg and Stephanie Schleter on Ignite Radio Live. That is a powerful trailer of the movie that Stephanie, I and our four children saw, four of our six children saw, this past weekend. And uh, I want to share our thoughts just as a lead-in to Patrick Coffin's very powerful interview of both the star of this movie called Unplanned, the star is Ashley Bratcher, who um, plays the role of Abby Johnson, again, a woman who committed eight years of her life to uh, an abortion clinic run by Planned Parenthood. She was a director of that clinic and how it resulted in her very powerful conversion. And now she, of course, is giving great testimony to life, a mother, wife and mother of eight children. So, Steph, what were your thoughts on the movie?
1: Gosh, so many things that are beyond words, but I would have to say a few highlights for me. Um, Taking four of our kids were, one, you know, we've certainly raised them with the pro-life issue at the forefront, Mm -hmm. right? So we've done the March for Life. You know, Mm -hmm. we remember the unborn in our daily prayers. We've done 40 Days for Life. We've gone in front of the um, abortuary to pray. So all of those things. So they've been very active. Um, But I think something that stood out was that it made it really personal Mm -hmm. for them, like to actually... You know, obviously, it's a movie, but it's a true story. And it's so well done, you know, in that regard. So I think just to put it um, in a more personal way Mm. to see it like that. Um, I don't know if that makes sense. So that was one thing in particular, again, with our kids to give them that experience. Um, Now, our youngest is 13. So and that would probably be, you know, parents use your own discretion. But me personally, that would, you know, 12 or 13 would be as young as I would go um, because of the content. Um, Something else that I thought was very powerful for them to experience is, you know, we talk about the, the baby and, you know, we pray for the moms. But Unplanned gave them such a strong visual of mother as victim Mm. in in just the images and just the emotion. And again, very factual. Nothing was, you know, manipulated or anything like that. But we know know that, but to see it play out again on the screen was just very powerful. And then I would say the third thought that I would um, like to share— just the whole piece of unconditional love, which I'm still wrestling with a little bit. Mm. So you have Abby Johnson's parents who are devout Christians, you know, definitely walk in the walk.
0: And her husband.
1: And I was going to say, and also her husband. Um, and they just accepted her and loved her and prayed for her. Voiced
0: their opposition, expressed their uh, real sadness at times in the conflict that took place
1: there. So it was, you know, obviously the Lord used that love and um, support of her as a person voicing their opposition to her job and what she was doing. I don't know if I'd be able to do that. But again, great discussion with the kids about that and, um, and just bringing some of those, those thoughts of love and forgiveness and support and um, relentless um, prayer for somebody Mm -hmm. that was just kind of powerful also.
0: So you had the two characters, if you will, uh, with the 40 Days for Life, prominent fixtures in the movie throughout, um, contrasted by maybe more radical, shall we say, pro-life people who had be at the clinic, the dead reaper and the, the negative assault grim reaper, dead reaper, grim reaper, and um, others who are less than charitable, shall we say, to women who are coming into the clinic. So the 40 Days for Lifers were, by contrast, constantly loving, constantly supportive, constantly prayerful. It's a very striking portrait of Christianity. Um, they don't accept, obviously, what's going on in the clinic, but they recognize that you know, we've got to be um, authentic witnesses to love. And we have to breach that divide and not make it sort of this radicalized us against them, but recognize they're fashioned for God, fashioned to know God, and to keep praying for that. Abby conveyed afterwards that when people were praying outside the clinic, that um, the numbers of those who would cancel their appointments increased dramatically, even up to 75%. Another thing that I think the movie was extremely generous in is they definitely portrayed the clinic, if you will, abortuary workers in the best light. Um, It portrayed their humanity. It portrayed, if you will, um, maybe a more layered understanding as to why they are there. We may want to reduce them, if you will, to just wanting to kill babies, um, which I think is a gross misrepresentation of why many are there. Many do regard themselves as genuinely caring for women. Now, in the mix of that, you definitely get the portrait of the confusion. This isn't exactly a spoiler alert, but there was a moment in the movie where uh, Abby had already decided as a clinic director to go forward with her child to have a baby. And here they are in the clinic, her fellow employees celebrating her at the end of the day. What a contrast.
1: That was a very powerful scene, you know, lock the doors after however many abortions were performed that day. And then to celebrate the life that was coming. Um, I guess the other thought I'd like to share in conclusion, perhaps is uh you know it's it's a heavy right, a heavy topic it, a lot of sadness. I mean, we both had tears that we could we held back sobbing during mm-hmm. different times, but you left with hope.
0: Mm. Yes, it was very triumphant in the end. Yes,
1: I mean, certainly with, okay, this is what this battle is about, right? I mean, it you know, because it's not over. But what a victory, first of all, to even have this movie playing in theaters and it doing so well, you know, and that's just, you know, let's claim the victory in the Lord's name. Um, so I think a renewed vigor of the fight, both the spiritual battle and, you know— practically speaking but also you know again it 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 left you with the feeling of hope of the power of prayer and the power of one person um and the effect that she has had, and and even for her own soul, and again, spoiler alert, but um you know, after Abby had had her daughter, it was kind of the one and done mentality, and to know that she has eight mm-hmm. children, mm-hmm. you know, and is a homeschooling family and a convert to the Catholic faith, and like just so many uh, victories in the Lord, and loved the reminder that We battle from victory, not for victory.
0: The movie also, I think, marks an important moment in our collective purpose on this earth right now. We may just think that all these events around us are unveiling and maybe inconsequential. We may feel powerless over them. I truly believe with the events of the past months of state legislatures uh, pronouncing Uh, death for the unborn at the whim of a mother uh, up to and beyond birth, um, has put it on the national stage and in front of us. And suddenly this movie that's been in production for a couple years is in front of us and I think addresses us in a manner that, let's face it, popular people, uh, mainstream Americans want to be addressed. That's through story. That's through authentic experience and emotion. Um, I think it's important that we Uh, do go out and see this movie. Again, I'd advise age 13, nobody younger than age 13, even though Abby, I noted, did have her nine-year-old son join her, um, which is interesting. I I wouldn't advise that, but hey, she's the protagonist in the film. She's being portrayed. But um, I I do think it's important that we do go see this movie. I think it will have an impact on us. And I think it's also important that it makes a message when we do go see this movie to the rest of the world that it isn't just an inconsequential, um, you know, pro-life project movie that is just saccharine and cheesy. I will make a note. It is from the producers of very prominent movies, which in the past I would describe as sort of sermons in dramatic form, did a little research on these guys. In the beginning, you worry, I'll say, I'll be honest, the first minute, minute and a half, I'm like, oh no, this is going to be similar in form to some of those other movies, uh, Fireproof, Facing the Giants, that everything is all saccharine and et cetera, and lacking grit and authenticity. Well, that evaporates fairly quickly as you get into the characters and you you get that they're really endeavoring to keep it honest, to keep it real, and uh, it really does emerge um, as extraordinary Extraordinarily believable. This does correspond, by the way, to Abby's book by the same title called Unplanned. So, you're with Greg and Stephanie Schleter on Ignite Radio Live on this night in a particular way at this moment in history, drawing your attention to a very powerful cultural moment for us all, uh, that we can really help support the hopeful conversion of this entire country to embrace life as God designed us to live it by supporting and going to this movie Unplanned in theaters now breaking out I believe to 600 theaters. There's a bit of a media blackout if you will throughout this country and um, I think that's being overwhelmed right now with this first weekend showing so go see it Unplanned theater near you. God bless you.
5: Welcome to the Patrick Coffin show. So glad you're hanging out We have a a first here. This is a two-hander interview, but not split screen. So no crosstalk. No problems We're gonna talk with um, Ashley uh, Abby Johnson who wrote the 2014 best-selling book, Unplanned. Um, I know Abby, have interviewed her a bunch of times, most recently at the March for Life in San Francisco, and I saw her last week at the Hollywood premiere of the movie version of Unplanned. So Abby is our second interview, and we'll start with the actress who plays her in the film, actress Ashley Bratcher, coming up on The Patrick Coffin Show. Touching that dial is strictly prohibited. <laughs> Glad to have you aboard. Ashley Bratcher grew up in a small town in North Carolina and discovered a love of the theater in high school. She starred in Princess Cut, 90 Minutes in Heaven, and is now playing former Planned Parenthood director Abby Johnson in the upcoming biopic Unplanned. Ashley, thanks for coming on.
4: Yes, thank you for having me, Patrick. Uh,
5: when I walked into the theater, having known Abby, and I know her real life attorney, Jeff Paradowski, and I, I was wondering, how, how is this going to work in a 115-120 you know, minute format on a 30-foot screen? Like what's going to be left out and what's, what's going to be included? And I have to say, at the top, I did not expect your performance. I thought this is going to be a nice pro-life movie that Christians can you know, feel good about themselves and it'll come and go in a week. But you really brought it. And I wanted to ask you about how you first heard about A, Abby Johnson et al, and what was it like uh, walking into the auditions?
4: Well, I didn't know anything about Abby until I decided to audition. I had a random Instagram follower who doesn't work in the film industry, had just been committed to praying for people in the industry, Mm -hmm. and somehow she thought of me, and she had seen this casting go out, and she messaged me and said, Ashley, I think that God is telling me you're meant to play this role. Well, I didn't know her, so Mm -hmm. I thought she was crazy, and I was kind of like, oh, thank you so much. That's very sweet. (laughs) Um, And I blew it off. Well, a couple weeks later, she was really persistent, and she said, Ashley, you really, really need to audition for this role. Will you please audition? And so I said, okay, why not? Just send me the script, and I'll take a look at it. And when I got the script, I was blown away by Abby. I thought she was super cool. She worked at Planned Parenthood, and that was really all I knew about it. But I liked her personality and her spunk. And after that, I looked her up. And when I looked her up and I heard her testimony, that was what really rocked my world. Mm -hmm. And I knew after I heard what she described happening in that abortion procedure she witnessed that I had just been blind. I had no idea. And my heart was broken. I wanted to be a part of this project. And I wanted to tell the story.
5: Ashley, I think a lot of people who grew up in, say, nominally Christian homes or people who would generally describe themselves as pro-life are still unaware of what kind of procedures go into the the abortion procedure? At at what stage in gestation? Was that a learning curve? I mean, at Playing Abby, you saw the ultrasound, which is, to me, the heart of the film right there. But did you read into how long into the pregnancy it's permitted by law? What are the different methods of abortion? Because I think people, they would get out of their slumber if they knew what abortion is, instead of just a word that's used in an argument.
4: Yeah, exactly, and that was where I stood before. I think I was in line with the general public in the sense that we don't really know what happens during an abortion procedure. We don't know most of the legislation that deals with abortion. I I have a child of my own, Mm -hmm. and even still, I didn't think that much about fetal development before. And a 13-week-old baby, you see a child. I mean, there is no denying that it has fully formed hands, fingers, toes, and that was what she witnessed in the procedure she saw in the ultrasound guide of abortion. Mm-hmm. And even a child at, at twenty, around 21 days has a beating heart. These are things that I wasn't thinking about beforehand. I think a lot of people don't consider it until mm-hmm. we put a face to the victim, and that's what the movie does.
5: I've interviewed the late uh, Bernard Nathanson, one of the co-founders of the National Abortion Rights Action League. And he's played by Nick Loeb, whom I've interviewed as well for the upcoming Roe v. Wade um, movie, and it was the 1970s era really primitive fetology images that, that Dr. Nathanson saw for the first time. He had actually aborted one of his own sons. And so, it's when you, when you have evidence in front of you, that's the game changer. And this, yeah. this movie, I, just, well, I wanted to ask you about the, the rated R thing, because when I f- first read this, not having seen the film, I thought, oh great, Hollywood's giving unplanned the, the Mel Gibson Passion of the Christ treatment Oh, that's ridiculous! But it's very, it's it's very visceral, and uh, not just your performance, but what happens to Abby as you portray her. It's it, it's it's a realistic depiction. There's not there's an unflinching look yeah. at what happens.
4: Yeah, I mean, I think that abortion is R rated, and the NPAA really just admitted that it is a disturbing and violent act. So if this is women's health care then why is it considered violent and disturbing by Hollywood? I mean, it, mm. I think it brings it to the forefront of the conversation because now people who are going around saying, oh, there's nothing wrong having, with having an abortion. Okay, well, then why is this movie rated R? Yeah. Um, that's that's interesting.
5: Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, and point.
4: we don't do it to be gratuitous. Like you said, we do it to tell the truth. And there's nothing about the film that just is bloody and gore for, for the sake of being bloody and gory. It is just an actual, true depiction of what Abby saw. It's intense, yes, it is disturbing, but it's it's something that America needs to see. And I will say, I took my nine-year-old son to see the movie. I had to shield him at certain points, but he got just as much out of it as any adult I know, and he really did. And he there were points, like I said, where he needed to lean in and cover his eyes and ears. Mm-hmm. But he gets it, man, and I think that we sometimes underestimate kids and what they understand. And this isn't an, this is a conversation we need to be having with our kids yeah. because if we're not, somebody else is.
5: Yeah, agree in full. Children, because they're innocent, they want, you know, they want they want justice to be done. They don't want. Um, I've, I've got two daughters myself, and they've got a nose for fake news. You know, they can tell when you're being authentic. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, I understand that that Carrie Solomon and Chuck Konzelman refused to alter any of the scenes just for the sake of living with the, with rated R. And I think the rated R is going to backfire. I think this is going to be rated R for recommended by people who want others to <laughs> yeah. see the film.
4: Yeah, no, I completely agree. And I have said from the very beginning, I have so much admiration and respect for Chuck and Carrie because they have been such faithful leaders. Every part of this production has been strategically planned in prayer. So anything that they have done, I am just fully in support of. I know that they are really dedicating this film mm-hmm. for, to the Lord.
5: I never thought about the, the Rated R being a backhanded admission of mm-hmm. the, the stark and brutal nature of abortion procedures. All the more brutal, the closer you get to birth. Um, and I was thinking about uh, the the phrase, abortion should be safe, legal, and rare. Right. Why? Why Why rare? Why well, not, it's not. Why not morning, noon, that's and night? Not,
4: that's not the mantra anymore, though. I mean the the liberal agenda is making abortion available on demand. Let's be real; these new radical laws that are being passed in New York and Vermont are proof that it's not about making abortion rare. That's not that's not mm-hmm. the case at all. And then, if you want to go further and talk about abortion being safe. You know, women are so, people are saying, well, if Roe v. Wade is overturned, women are going to have these back alley abortions. Well, you know what? Those kind of unsafe procedures are happening right now already. Yeah. You go to um, checkmyclinic.org, which is partnered with Abby's Foundation, you can see the health records of any abortion clinic across the United States. They are not good. A lot of these yeah. clinics don't meet the health requirements to be to pass inspection. So there's so many people that are just blind to the things that are happening, and I really hope that this movie is going to wake them up to say, okay, what am I missing here? Mm-hmm. Even if they're yeah. a critic, they have, to, they have to go and say, okay, well, if they're saying this, and what's the truth? And then they have to find the truth for themselves.
5: I never thought about the safe, legal, and rare thing. That I think that may be something that belongs to the Clinton era. Um, yeah. And now you see this whole brand of pro-choice activists now with T-shirts like, I don't regret my abortion. It's like, yes, yeah. it's killing a baby. Uh, what's your point? Move on. There's a, a hardening of the positions. And you know, is, I think that
4: people all have their own ways of coping with trauma mm-hmm. in their life. And that is definitely one thing that I think women do is they harden up and they try to put on this tough exterior and say, I don't regret it at all, when the reality is this is a traumatic thing. No woman walks into an abortion clinic confident and happy to have an abortion. That is just not true. Abortion happens because women feel vulnerable and weak. They don't go in because they're confident, strong women. So for someone to come out of that situation and have a shirt that says, I don't regret my abortion, that's someone who's really dealing with something that they haven't come to terms with yet.
5: Yeah, it's almost like they're proving too much by the t-shirt. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the things that impresses me about Abby as a person is that she smothers you, and by you I mean the other side, the the people with whom she used to work, and all the people who maybe are listening now are, are considering abortion. She smothers you with kindness. She's very, <laughs> she's full of joy. There's no Bible thumping. There's no moralizing. She really, there's this insight, and you bring it across well, playing her in the film, that people who walk into a, a clinic, think they're going to be happy. They don't wake up on a Tuesday and go, hmm, how can I offend God and kill my baby? I know. Abortion. There's a, there's a desire there to be uh, peaceful and, and happy to have a solution provided that's going to help. Of course, it backfires.
4: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, someone I, I heard talk about this, I think it was Victoria Robinson would say the Stork. She said, uh, abortion is a temporary solution to a permanent problem. Uh, and she said she's the post-abortive woman herself, and she's seen the movie, and she said that the abortion is something she's had to live with and thought about for her entire life, and she Mm -hmm. will until the day she dies.
5: The the film, I'm not going to do any spoiler alerts, but it's the kind of story that it's very, it's paradoxical because it's gentle, but it's also, it's brutal in the after effects in what flows from the decision to have an abortion. And... I think it's, it's something that everyone who watches, it's going to be personal for them. I just read your Fox essay where you talk about your mom's disclosure to you. For folks who, who have never heard that, I know you've probably been asked about it, but I, I wanted to ask you about what your mother disclosed to you when she learned that you had the role and you unfolded what the movie's about. What did she tell you?
4: Yeah, so when I booked the role, I was only given a five-hour notice to get on the plane, head out, pack my bags, be in Oklahoma for seven, eight weeks to film. And without hesitation, I had prayed about it. I knew the answer was going to be yes. Got on the plane. Nobody knew I was gone except for my husband, my son, my sister. Mm -hmm. So my mom called me on the fourth day and had no idea what I was doing. I wanted to share with her about the movie. I was very hesitant in how I was going to do that because she had told me when she was in high school she'd had an abortion. Mm -hmm. Uh, I didn't want her to think that I loved her any less or that I was judging her because this is a really beautiful movie about grace and hope and forgiveness and I wanted to express that to her. So as I started explaining Abby's story, she became very emotional and to the point that I just could feel her spirit breaking. She said to me, Ashley, I need to tell you something that I never told you before. What you don't know is that when I was 19, I was in the clinic for the second time, and I had been called back. I was being examined on the table by a very pregnant nurse, I got very sick to my stomach, I knew I couldn't go through with it, I got up, I Mm -hmm. walked out, and I chose you. I never knew that story. Mm -hmm. I had no idea that I had been spared, my life was spared from abortion, because it, it, I no one ever told me, like, this is not a conversation that you just, you know, like your dad's just like, Hey, you know, when we, when we were pregnant with you, we thought about having an abortion. We went to the oh. clinic, like, no, that wasn't a conversation we had. And it's also very different to hear your parents say, like, we considered abortion versus I was on the table, yeah like, literally seconds, minutes away from not having the opportunity to live the life that you've lived is a lot to process. Mm-hmm. And especially sitting on set, getting ready to tell Abby Johnson's story. What? I mean, it blew my mind that God had just brought my story full circle to be here for such a time as this to tell Abby's story to the world.
5: Has your mom seen the film?
4: She hasn't yet. She's going to see it for the first time on Wednesday. So very soon... It's yeah.
5: just so. I mean, only uh, this is something only the Holy Spirit could have arranged. Uh, if you tried to sell that story as a as a script, they would laugh, saying, "Yeah, right."
4: Yeah, right. A, yeah.
5: <laughs> just yeah. yeah so you. Were, you, you know, were, uh,
4: I found that my story is a lot of people's story. Since I've come out and talked about it, a lot of followers have and fans have reached out to me to say, "I never told this to anybody, but." I was in the same position as your mom. I just—I mm-hmm. can't even believe how—I mean, anyone who was born, like you said, from 1973, it could have easily been yeah. you or me. Yeah,
5: yep. Yeah, There's—I've seen a T-shirt campaign. I survived Roe v. Wade. Yeah, yeah well. I, I made—I made it through. Amazing. Um, I also think the film is going to touch people who've lost children. The—the—the—the uh, the, the, the scene that really got me at the at the premiere, I'll, I'll tell you flat out, was the speech that you as Abby gives through the bars of the, all those flowers uh, uh, addressing her deceased children. Uh, my yeah. wife and I lost a baby girl seven years ago at age 15 days, and that conversation, I think a lot of people who've lost children from miscarriage and abortion or even in early infancy are really going, that's just gonna be a moment of lightning in a bottle where if you've been resisting shedding a tear or if you've just been trying to look at the movie as a remote viewer, that's going to yeah. that's going to come crashing down. And that can lead to very healing conversations.
4: Yeah, absolutely. I agree. That has been uh, a, a big talking point after the screenings, especially for men. A lot of men have really resonated with that scene. I think it's the tipping point, like you mm-hmm. said, where they've tried to hold it together for the whole movie, and then it gets to that point, and they're just like, oh, I've lost it. But it's it's also just so beautiful to, it, for Abby's testimony, really, to be able to have that conversation, so to speak, with her children, to say, I'm sorry, mm-hmm. to reconcile and know that someday she will be he- reunited in heaven with open, wide forgiving arms and it's such a beautiful moment in the story to be able to just have that moment of closure and reconciliation.
5: Ashley, have you had any pushback from pro-choice actresses or people in the industry who uh, weren't impressed and told you so? What's their reaction been?
4: No, none at all. Mm. None at all. I think of the thousands of people that have reached out to me, I've had maybe two people say just really off-the-wall comments, (laughs) but people really been kind, even pro-choicers, people who don't agree with me have said to me, um, I don't agree with you, but I respect you, or uh, I'm going to go see the movie even though I disagree with what the <clears throat> message is, mm-hmm. and that's what I really hope for, I really hope that it starts a conversation.
5: I like to play a game of Flip It when I run into stories like this, and this, in this case, Flip It would look like this, okay. a movie about a pro-life leader who converts to the dark side and becomes a Planned Parenthood uh, director. A, they would never make a movie like that because they know it probably wouldn't make a lot of money. And B, uh, if you played that role, you'd be a shoe-in for an Oscar nomination. True or false? Uh, I
4: don't know about that. <laughs> that well, sounds... I
5: think so. Sure, I mean, well, just the, the premise Here's of the, the film, if I'm you're going up, on. go ahead.
4: Well, I, I think Sandra Bullock is in production for a movie right now about the filibuster that happened in Texas to play abortion Barbie. I can't remember what the woman's name is. Oh, Um, that's
5: right. I I remember that Do you know what I'm talking about? So I'm
4: pretty sure that's in production. I don't know how far that's gonna go now given Mm. everything that's happening. And everyone keeps talking about this Oscar buzz with Unplanned. Well, first of all, I think God is bigger than anything. So if he wants us to have an Oscar, then by all means God can open doors, no man can close. Here's another thing I think though for anyone who is a naysayer about the film. This is a female-driven role. It is Abby is a dynamic character. The role is challenging, physically, mentally, emotionally. It mm-hmm. is a stretch for any actor. It is a dream role, regardless of where you stand on the topic. So, if Hollywood cannot acknowledge the film for a good piece of art, that says more about their political agenda yeah. than ours.
5: Yeah, of course. Yeah, I want we'll to
4: go. Yeah. yeah, we'll see. We shall
5: see. <laughs> um, let me go partial, I won't, I won't go full metal Catholic, I'll go partial metal Catholic. Have you interacted f- with Catholics in, in the production of the film? How have, have those friendships been, and has this altered your view of Catholicism? Because I understand, if you're from North Carolina, you're probably near the buckle of the Bible belt, I'm thinking. <laughs> and there's a lot Catholics and Protestants have so much in common, especially if you're talking about the common enemy of the abortion industry. Um, new friendships are being formed. Just talk a little bit about that.
4: Well, I was not so familiar with Catholicism beforehand. Um, I identify as non-denominational. My grandmothers were all different denominations. Mm-hmm. So, for example, one grandmother was Methodist, one was Baptist, and the other was Free Will Pentecostal Holiness. So I got a little bit of everything going on. Yeah. <laughs> um, and working on set, what was so mm-hmm. cool about being on set was that we had pastors from all different denominations coming in and praying for us, <clears throat> and that was a really beautiful experience. So I think it's a universal thing as Christians that we should all be fighting for life. Catholicism in particular ha- ha- have been warriors that I have seen so far, mm-hmm. really mm-hmm. just gung-ho about making sure we're protecting the unborn. And I just have, I have respect for all denominations. Um, so I've made good friendships with everyone.
5: One of my mentors is a guy called Peter Craft. He's sort of America's C.S. Lewis. And he famously said, Feuding brothers reconcile when a maniac is at the door. Which, <laughs> yeah. Which I like. Uh, Actually, yeah. what, what are your hopes for the
4: movie? Uh, my biggest hope that people will have a conversation. People will walk out of the theater. It's not some movie. You just go watch and have a slice of pizza afterwards and everything's okay. No, you're going to have to have a conversation. So I'm hoping yeah. that when people walk out, they have meaningful conversations with the people that they're with or their family, their loved ones, and that they understand that there is healing and forgiveness available and that their eyes are open to truth.
5: Like The Passion of the Christ, it, it's not even the kind of movie I'd say, I really liked it like I liked a musical. Yeah. It hits you at a completely different level. Yeah. It's personal. Yeah. Um I want to say March twenty-ninth, that the correct debut date?
4: That is correct.
5: Call your archbishop, call your pastor, call your friends, get group tickets. It's all about the math of opening weekend, brothers and sisters. <laughs> Give unplanned what it deserves, which is a wide reader audience, if that or viewer audience, if that first weekend goes well, it has a chance to to, to have legs all over the world. If you're listening through the magical land of tomorrow on this podcast, Go rent it. Support the people who made this. Uh, I think it's a big game changer in the way it's done. Not just the what, but the way. Ashley Bratcher, thanks uh, for being a gift. Thanks for your time.
4: Yes, thank you so much for having me.
5: Coming up next, the real Abby Johnson right here on The Patrick Coffin Show. Touching that dial. Again, strictly prohibited. Back in a flash. Now I'm happy to bring it into the show, as I promised, Abby Johnson, founder of and there and then there were none, and of course author of the smash hit book from 2014, Unplanned, which is now the subject of the film, starring Ashley Bratcher, who we just met. Abby Johnson, now you are a supermom with obvious maternal superpowers, taking time out at a busy airport to join us. But great to have you. Hey,
3: thanks for having me.
5: Every time I talk to you, Abby, there's more and more things to say, so I haven't prepared a lot. Uh, because I, I saw you recently at the Hollywood premiere. I was very moved by Unplanned. And it, from chatting with Ashley, I can tell you that the people who made this movie are all in. And not just for the message, but for the art and the way the story is told. I, I just was very moved, and, and I was struck emotionally at, at, at well, I'll tell you, my, my scene, and maybe you've heard this from other people... When you, played by Ashley, are talking to your deceased children through the through those bars, mm-hmm. that to me is the heart of it right there. It just brings so right. many things full circle. So, um, so thanks for coming on first of all.
3: Yeah, of course.
5: Um, is this all surreal for you? You're kind of walking through life, uh, pinching yourself a little bit, and uh, what the what the almighty God of the universe has done in your life.
3: <laughs> yeah, it's definitely very surreal. Um, that word's overused too much, but really, that's the only thing that that really describes what's what's going on in our life right now. Um, you know, it's a very um, it's a very vulnerable place to be. Just having people. It's it's one thing to write your story but it's very different to have it out visually yeah. where people can see it um but everybody you know who's watched it has really been touched by it and we know that you know the critics are coming the critics are coming Yuck. yeah uh but uh but you know uh we're just really confident in in this beautiful film that we've put out and um i tell you what no matter where no matter where you stand on the issue i think that you do leave this film change and yeah um and that's really what we wanted
5: a lot of films uh, I've nicknamed them by for." they they're films by Christians for Christians Unplanned knocks down that fourth wall I can tell you I-, I will be stunned if someone walks in there of the the pro-choice cast of mind who is not like shaken to the core there's so many different elements of the story and it's not there's no catechism thumping there's no bible thumping there's no finger pointing it's just what happened to you
3: Hey, okay, yeah um, it's just my story and um but it's it's an incredible story. I mean, it's really, it's God's story. And I happen to believe that God loves, like really loves a good conversion story. And uh, people are, are going to see that in this film, but they're going to see really the gritty truth of what's happening inside of these clinics Mm -hmm. all around us. I mean, it's not like it's it's a rare thing, I mean, there's 3,000 abortions happening every single day just in our country, Mm -hmm. and I think now, I feel like right now in our society, People are really searching for truth, particularly on this issue, because you've got all this crazy stuff happening in, you know, these different states, New York, Vermont, Virginia, New Mexico. And people are like, what is happening? What is going on here? I mean, are we really talking about Killing babies in the third trimester. I mean, what are we talking about here? Yeah. You know, and I think a lot of the conversation, rightly so, has been surrounded, has been surrounding late-term abortion, but the overwhelming majority of these procedures are happening in the first trimester, and mm-hmm. that's really what this film exposes. Yeah, um, and and really pulls the curtain back on on the overwhelming majority of these procedures that are happening every day.
5: I noticed that the book did not receive an R rating. There's no uh, parental. Adv- advisory on the book but but when it comes to filming it you make a good point about the visual the visual dimension of the story that it just cannot be picked up in a book is very visceral. It's very vivid. There is blood. There's it's not it's not a slasher movie, but it's an unflinching look at what really happens. And I personally think that this R rating that the MP gave you is gonna backfire. I think I am I'm, I'm calling it uh you know rated R for recommended.
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah, it is you know, I mean I I'll tell you like my husband and I watch a lot of pg G thirteen films and You know, we see things on TV, you know, Grey's Anatomy, different things like that. And I was Mm -hmm. like, really? Like, when we got the rating back, I was like, seriously? Because I see what's on network TV, and it's much more gory and graphic than this is. Um, But I, I sort of think the MPAA stumbled backwards into the truth by admitting that abortion is an act of violence and that it is disturbing.
5: That came up with my conversation with Ashley. They're admitting, yeah, it's a rated-R topic. Someone dies yes. in the procedure.
3: Exactly. Exactly. And I do, I do think that parents, I think if kids are going to see this, I do think that they should see it with their parents. I mean, that yeah. is the appropriate person to go see this film with, because there does need to be ongoing dialogue and conversation about what they have seen in that film.
5: Yeah, yeah. My my kids are down for it, uh, for sure. Uh, I mean, every teens and kids are going to have different levels of sensitivity. Sure. But I always say, if you can't, if you can't fix it, you can feature it. And there's nothing wrong and no shame in trying at what happens to you in this film. Uh, that's a natural response. It would be unnatural if you sat there like a zombie, going, "Hmm, interesting. Let's go for dinner yeah. now, right?"
3: Right. Yeah. Exactly. My twelve-year-old saw it. And, you know, she was very impacted by it, mm-hmm. um, but in a positive way as well. Yeah. I mean, she's, I tell people all the time, like, I'd put my 12-year-old up against any pro-choicer any day. Like, she could totally debate them into the ground. Yeah. Because for her, this is, it's just so common sense for her. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And she's just like, I just don't get it. I don't get how people don't see this as a human being. Like, mm-hmm. it just makes no sense to her. And... Um, this film really
5: reinforced that for her. The tagline on the poster is what she saw changed everything and that that word saw jumped out at me. The turning point scene rather early in the film, not to give a spoiler alert here, but um, it's seeing the image that helped you go from abortion is a concept, it's part of the rhetoric we use, we're helping women, that stark image of the the suction tube and the reaction of the unborn baby it that's not something you can you can get across in the way that's so it's so pointed so piercing in the film that's the heart of it there so this is a long-winded way of asking you do you think that people need to know what abortion is before we can take steps to stopping it
3: I do I think one of the reasons that Uh, abortion has escalated in the way that it has in our society is because the primary victim is unseen. Mm -hmm. So, you know, we don't see the baby die. I mean, you can see the aftermath. Um, You can see the gross pictures, but you're not actually watching the humanity being snuffed out of a life.
6: Mm -hmm.
3: And for the first time, really, for the first time ever in a feature film, you're going to be able to see that. And that's very impactful. I mean, look, no matter where you sit on the issue, know what you support right mm-hmm. so yeah if you walk away from this film and you go well that was tragic but I still support it okay then you're being honest right yeah but don't say don't make up excuses for why you why you don't want to see it or I have a friend who's a, pro, a very well-known pro-choice um, author who went into a screening and she walked out of it in the first five minutes really and I said well why did you walk out and she said oh I just I, I just couldn't watch that and I thought but you're advocating for this. Don't you own, want to own know it. what you believe? Own it, sister. you got to own it. Exactly. Exactly.
5: Um, what were you doing when then the idea was presented to you that this is going to be filmed, that, that there will be a movie iteration of your book?
3: Yes, yeah, so I was at home, and I just got this really casual email from these two guys named Chuck Conselman and Carrie Solomon. Never heard of them before in my life and they said we're film directors and we'd like to turn your book on planned into a film. Mm-hmm. And I was like, okay, sure. And, uh, I sort of was like, okay, there's like two guys in it, like their man cave, you know, with like iPhones and a Mac computer or something. That's right. sort of what I was thinking. And I was like, sure. Yeah. You know how to do a movie. Sure you do. And, um, I was telling my husband about it and I was like, can you really I got this email? And he was like, you know, you should always look up their names before you yep. like send them back a rejection. And uh, so he looked them up, actually. And, um, and he was like, oh my gosh, Abby, like, these are these are the guys that did God's Not Dead, which initially was not super impressive to me because I wasn't a huge fan of the movie. I thought it was super cheesy. And I was like, well, that's cool. They were very successful in making yeah. that film. But that's not my story. Like, I don't have a Christian cheesy story. <laughs> Even so, if
5: it did make 70 million smackers or
6: something.
3: Yeah, I'm like, yeah. I don't care. Like, mm-hmm. it's if they're going to tell the story, it's going to have to be authentic. And we may not get the Dove family seal of approval, right? And I'm okay with that. Yeah. Um, they came down to Austin. We met with them. And um, I just love them. And they were like, they said to me, it's time to take the training wheels off the Christian film industry, and we're ready to do it with un- we're We're ready to do it with unplanned and so I was like, okay, let's do it mm-hmm.
5: so. uh, the casting of Ashley bratcher uh, when I saw her picture on the on the uh, on the poster before I saw the movie was one thing but as I I was watching the movie at the premiere, I closed my eyes and I said to my wife, "She sounds like Abby. She's she's sported the same dude that my friend Abby Johnson has. You've been told that a lot. That there's a there's a yeah. there's, it's like she's. It, it reminds me of of Johnny Cash's. Apparently Johnny Cash selected actor Joaquin Phoenix to play him in a movie." Uh, before he passed oh, away, obviously. Okay. But you wouldn't think Joaquin Phoenix is not that physical thing. It's not quite there. But he kind of incarnates he it. He renders it present. Yeah. yeah as, as Ashley does for you.
3: Yeah. yeah. She did such a good job. And I did not know her. I had mean, never seen anything she had been in. I'd heard about a movie she was in. I heard it was terrible. So I was like, ooh, I don't know. But once I talked to her for the first time, we just immediately had a connection. And... Um... I was like, yeah, she's the one. This is this is this is the girl to play to play me in this film. And she was so good about like doing all of her research and mm-hmm. really trying to hone in on my personality. And we have similar personalities anyway, so that was that yeah. came pretty naturally, I think.
5: <laughs> yeah. Um, one of the things that came up in my conversation with her is that there really are no High prof- I've never heard of a film that tells the reverse story of Unplanned. So, uh, pro-life leader suddenly sees the light, decides they need to become a Planned Parenthood director. That film is not really <laughs> filmable, because I don't think it would make any, any or much money.
3: Um,
5: and I said she would be a shoe in for an Oscar nomination if that had been told in reverse. Does that make sense?
3: Yeah, yeah, it's true. Yeah, there's very few, very few stories of people who... Were you know pregnancy center directors who are now running a Planned Parenthood clinic. Mm -hmm, (laughs) Um, mm -hmm. You just don't really see that. Um, Wouldn't that make the media that we would know if it happened?
5: Exactly right. Would
3: be all over. Exactly right. The media. So the fact that we haven't heard about it tells me it hasn't happened. (laughs) Well, also
5: unplanned stands in the in the stream of a recent tradition among pro life filmmakers like Nick Loeb with um, with Roe v. Wade, uh, Gosnell with Kermit Goslin. I thought, Goslin, no one's going to see this movie. But it's it did very, very well. And it, it it's it's proof of uh, concept is the number of people who have been uh, changed in, the, in their worldview. Hey, do you have work. any anecdotes yet? You must have had people come up to you, <laughs> except for the chickens who won't yeah. actually own what they stand for. Watch
3: it. Any anecdotes right,
5: yeah. yet? Like feedback from people? Yeah,
3: yeah, yeah, we have. Um, actually, even in the private screenings, there were some people who saw it. And... Um, they had brought friends with them who were pro-choice. They actually didn't know that they were pro-choice, but they yeah. were like, oh, yeah, all my friends are pro-life. Let's go see this film. And they took them, and um, we've already heard of stories of people who walked away saying, I can never support this again after yeah. seeing this film. So, I mean, we're already seeing lives that have been changed mm-hmm. and convergence taking place and a lot of healing taking place, you know, women and men who have sort of suffered in silence um, after their past um, experiences, and uh, now they're finally getting healing. Some of these people have lived with this for 40 years,
6: and have never
3: told anybody, and they saw the film, and now they're like, I need help. So that is a huge, huge victory for the Lord.
5: There were a lot of sobs. During the whole film it 's kind of an unremitting ride. Uh, I was laughing with our our mutual friend Jeff Paradowski afterward that he brought, his character uh, uh, Kaiser Johnson really brought a levity you know the sort of it's strutting Texas attorney that was uh, that was like yeah, the co- almost comic that. relief you did need it yeah it was a wel- welcome change up.
3: Yes. Yeah, you definitely needed that. My husband, they cast him as funny. Jeff was very good. I was like, I'm funny. They could have made me funny. They didn't make me funny, but it's okay.
5: And you are now, uh, as we record this, uh, looking forward to the appearance of baby number eight.
3: That's right. Yeah, let's hope it doesn't happen on the plane.
5: Yeah, let's, yes, yes. Our lips to God's ears. <laughs> What's, what are your hopes for Unplanned, the movie version, Abby?
3: You know what? I just hope that people... I hope that, that it does spur about conversion, of course, for people who you know are pro-choice and, and never pro-life. Of course, that's like the big hope, right? Mm-hmm. But I hope that it... I, I think it allows... A conversion experience to take place inside of each one of us too. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, that you know we can no longer be apathetic. That this has to be a front issue for all of us. That we have to be activated and involved. And that, from what I'm hearing from people, that's exactly what's happening.
6: Mm-hmm.
5: Well, it's not an easy film to watch. It, It's like um, Saving Private Ryan or uh, The Passion of the Christ. You, you don't come out of it saying, I like that. They should make a musical out of it. Right. Um, but it's, uh, it's beautifully rendered and as hard as hard as it is to watch, uh, I thank you on behalf of the listeners and viewers for just putting yourself out there, telling the story, and, and letting them uh, run onto the meadow of hollywood dumb. And so, thanks for being a gift. I know you got a flight to catch, so thanks for joining us. Uh, AbbyJohnson.org, got the best place to connect with you?
3: Yeah, that's the best place.
5: Alright, well, brothers and sisters, if you're listening to this in the first week leading up to March 29th, go see Unplanned, call your pastor, email your bishop, your archbishop, your cardinal. This is a movie that it, it needs to get a punchy opening weekend. It's all about math. Seats in those chairs. That's how hearts and minds are won. And that's how the film will be able to reach uh, people all over the world. And so if you're listening to this in the Magic Land of Tomorrow, don't forget to rent it and support uh, Abby and the filmmakers. Kudos to Chuck Conselman and, and Carrie Solomon and to Ashley. And to you, Abby Johnson, thanks for being a gift. Good to talk to you.
3: Thank you so much. Thank you.
5: All right. I think Abby Johnson and Ashley Bratcher for today's broadcast. Be a saint. What else is there?
1: Again, you are tuned in to Ignite Radio Live with Greg and Stephanie Schleter. So blessed um, to be allowed to air Patrick Coffin's interview with Abby Johnson and the star of Unplanned, Ashley Bratcher. Um, powerful, powerful, powerful stuff. So, encourage you once again to go see it. Let's keep Keep it at the forefront um, of the secular world and the impact that it's having. And we also encourage you to go to 40 Days for Life. I believe there's a link at the Catholic Charities page um, to sign up. You saw the power um, or heard of the power of uh, 40 Days for Life and the impact it had on Abby Johnson. Just committing the time to pray and to be out there, to be a presence. So again, 40 Days for Life. Um sign up for an hour. Take your family, take your friends. However it works best, just do it.
0: Thanks so much for being with us. Until next week. God bless. I'm the news that nobody
2: expected. I was never a part of your plans. I'm the reason why life as you know it feels like. It's slipping through your trembling hands And the doctors say I'm just an option A mistake you can make disappear I may not have a voice, but I'm more than a choice I'm as real as the heartbeat you hear so don't close the book on me air I still got a long way to go Empty pages to fill And the best part is still down the road I am a story untold I am God's miracle in the making. Proof that all things can work for the good. I am fingers and toes, and heaven already knows. The name you'll pick out for me already belongs to me. So don't close the book on me yet. Oh, I still got a long way. Empty pages to fill, and the best part is still down the road. All I am a story. Look in my eyes
0: Mass Impact and Ignite has been gone across the Northwest Ohio now for, for months and, and thousands of people, literally thousands of people in our diocese have experienced that love. We believe that he said what he meant and meant what he said when he
5: proclaimed
0: that his body is real food and his blood is real drink. Simply put, Mass Impact is a nonprofit movement seeking the heart of God in the very heart of his Catholic Church. Uh, people just keep kept coming. And coming. Not just in a moment, but, but to surrender their entire lives. We desire our hearts to be moved by what moves His.
3: And to see that happening monthly.
0: We are responding to an urgent call in an urgent time. The recent popes, John Paul said, now's the time. This is the moment. We are taking big steps in faith throughout our diocese and beyond.
3: I want to buckle my chin strap and take the field.
0: And we are seeing tremendous growth.
3: I mean, I'm just roused and emboldened. To mission,
0: to do something. We cannot do it alone. We need you right now. Please partner with us. Go to massimpact.us right now and click on the contribute tab. If you and I respond in faith right now, we will see souls in heaven who would not have been there had we said no.
4: It was nothing short of
3: amazing. Does it have that same kind of effect on you?
0: Please go to massimpact.us and contribute.
2: It's time to move.